God will be blessing to your heart. Please listen to the song. Thank you. All right. Steve, so, you know, how many in your family? Four. Uh, me, my wife, um, Alex, and Kayla. Yeah. A great blessing to the team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lisa, you're going to be next. Okay. Yeah, I'll just do it this way.
give him a second. Wow, that was cool. He, God is awesome. Our God is awesome. That's true. Our, my name is Lisa, and this is my first time to Peru. Um, our shirts say, Jesus changes everything, and that's what he does. He changes everything. Our verse on our shirt says, it's Isaiah 43, 19. I'm going to include 18. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jesus changes everything. And one of the things that um, it was really amazing on this trip was getting to share the gospel openly. I've been blessed to go on other mission trips, but to close countries like China and Russia and not able to share the gospel openly. So this was really amazing to get to share the gospel openly and lead people into salvation and God was able to use me even though I don't speak Spanish but we were taught how to share our our bracelets which each color represents a truth about um, Jesus and what he did for us and um, then we had these cards and we were able to use these cards and then when I was stuck and couldn't go any further I'd peek my head up and say Jesus provide me a translator and he did (laughs) and um, so that was really cool and you know we just I I and um, other people on the trip don't just want this to be something that we did in Peru. We want to continue. And so God has blessed us, just given us a, um, a heart for people. And um, Penny, another person on the trip, she and I have were able to go to pray for people in Walmart recently. So we just we want to keep this going. Um, one unique thing that got to happen on my trip is I decided to go. And after I decided to go, I realized... My compassion sponsor child is in Peru. I wonder if I can visit her. And God let me visit my compassion sponsor child. And God and God did amazing things on that on that and um, including the lady that was with me from Compassion that tra- was the translator. She was trying to prepare me for meeting my sponsor child and saying you know, she's likely to be very quiet and shy. She's likely to be very reserved. She's probably not going to talk very much. Well, that was not the case. <laughs> um, praise God. We saw each other. We gave each other a big hug. It was so wonderful. I don't know exactly when I started sponsoring her, but I think since she was eight and she's now 17. And what a blessing. And she was appropriately talkative, you know. And, and you know, it was just such a blessing. And she wants to be, she is, she She's living in very poor situation, but she has a desire to become a pediatrician. And so she, you know, she has really wants to um, touch others and bless others. And I just pray for her. Her name is Catherine. I think that's the Spanish way, Catherine. And, but she goes by Katty, K-A-T-T-Y. Please pray for her. She has exams coming up in September and then next March to try to get into college. And it's very hard to get into college she wants to go wants to go to saint saint marco which some of um raul's relatives went there so um then another thing that god did he worked in my heart one of the things that um happened while i was on the trip is i was able to say and know in my head and know in my heart god is good to me from my my roommate carol blessing me in all sorts of different ways including saving me from accidentally drinking the water um and um 
just I was able to say God is good to me in my head and in my heart and really and really see it and mean it. Um, I'm someone that has been want, has wanted to be married sooner than now, and um, and I the Lord showed me since the trip that I've been having resentment and bitterness toward Him that it ha- it hasn't happened until now. I, it hasn't happened yet, and um, and um, so He showed me that I had resentment and bitterness, and I wasn't trusting His goodness. And so he was speaking to me, and he had me write down so I don't forget it. And it's not in my; it's on cards, in on my mirror, and not in my book. My um, anyway, that um, I'm, I put, um, you know, I trust God. I have faith in God. Um, it wouldn't have been a blessing to me to have been married earlier, and God will give me marriage or something better. But He is good. So that those are some things that have come from the trip. Thank you. Zach. And then uh, Carol, you wanted to share where's Carol? You wanted to share something after that. Okay. We'll put this mic on with you, but <clears throat> So, uh, so my name is Zach, um, and uh, I promise I went on the trip, even though I'm missing this shirt. Um, I completely <laughs> forgot about it, and it's dirty in my uh, in my room. So, um, <clears throat> so this was my first time out of the country um, to Peru, um, and it was my first like real missions trip. I've, I've done local stuff with my church before, but I've never really like done anything like this major and this intense. Um, so it was like a complete culture shock once I got there. I mean, like, we got off the plane, and 20 minutes later, I was going to the water fountain to try and get some water. So um, the water there has, like, a bunch of parasites and bacteria and stuff in it, by the way. So that would have been really bad um, right there in the beginning of the trip. <clears throat> so it was a complete culture shock. I mean, I've never really been outside of, the like, the East Coast. So I've never really... Like, I've, I've met people from other countries, but I've never seen anything like that before. So <clears throat> um, it was kind of an overload at first. I mean, like, we went into Lima, and... The cars were this close together, and the people were <laughs> everywhere, and, and there was no space between all the buildings, and so um, it was completely different than anything that I had ever seen before. Um, <clears throat> so the thing that stood out to me the most, I would have to say, would be the people there. Um, the people here in America, uh, for the most part, we're all like very walled off, very independent. Um, we don't really like want to share ourselves with everyone else. Um, but there, it's like the complete opposite. Everybody's very, very relational. Um, <clears throat> so that took some getting used to. I mean, like. It's completely different. Like, with the Peruvians that were working with us, I could sit in a group of Peruvians that spoke no English, and I speak no Spanish, and I would not feel left out or out of place at all. Um, so that was amazing. It was completely different than anything I had ever seen before. But then on the other hand, the people there were exactly the same as us. They had all the same desires, like, and all the same needs, and all the same um, things that they wanted. Like, even the kids that lived up, um, like, in the super poor areas that, went to, that we went to, their houses could be made of cardboard and sticks, and they would still... Like in their heart, be exactly the same. They would speak a completely different language, have been from a completely different place, um, <clears throat> and have a completely different culture, and be raised in a completely different way with none of the same luxuries that I have. And they would still have all the same needs. Um, they still needed Jesus Christ in the exact same way. Um, so the gospel did not change at all, um, even sharing it with people from across the world, like in a different hemisphere. So. That was just amazing to me. So that's the main thing that stood out to me about the trip. Hi, so I'm 
Carol Polishak, and um, I just want to say that we witnessed 300 people, over 300 people were saved on this mission trip to Peru. What a blessing to be able to witness people whose lives were transformed. But you know what? We wouldn't have been able to do it without you. And so we were able to witness it, but all of you were part of this team. And so I really want to say thank you so much for supporting us in prayer. Thank you so much for just lifting us up. We knew that we had a prayer team. Thank you to Carlos and Christina for putting out the updates to our families. Thank you to our families for standing with us and helping us. Thank you to Jill Bueller and to Kathy Etheridge for cooking when we were doing the practice. There were so many people who were a part of this team that there were, what, 36 of us who were there. But without the Gateway family and without our families, it wouldn't have been able to have happened. And God was glorified. And so we just all rejoiced together. And I just want to say thank you. There were 36 on the team, but our Facebook group had 300 and some people. So we knew that it was a 10 to 1 ratio of supporters to, to goers. Um, Dale, maybe you could share in a bit. But I'm going to read a couple of um, things I got by email. A couple of people couldn't come. One is Keith Parker. He's a 17-year-old. And Dale was instrumental in, in Keith going. Um, Keith had worked concessions for three or four years and had this very sizable account built up and and I sent a Facebook message to Keith and said Keith you know you got all this money in your account why don't you go to Peru with us if you know anything about I mean Keith doesn't have a lot of money and it, it is like the idea had never entered his his mind ever um but then God did some marvelous things. And this is what he thought Keith wrote. He said, uh, Peru was an amazing experience, and I'm so glad God gave me this opportunity to see his people around the world. Missions may seem hard or scary, but it's really not. Spreading God's word to the nations with Crossway was fun and rewarding, and I was able to get closer to God myself. I encourage all of you to find a way to share the gospel with people around you and strive to go closer to God yourself. All right, so take that from Keith, a 17-year-old in Crossway. And then Danielle, uh, she's 15. She wrote me this. She's another one that says, well, I don't think I can go this year because I need to work, and there's not enough time for me to work to earn that much money. And through a course of events, she, she finally thought, well, maybe God does want me to go. She raised all of her money and 50% more in about three weeks. I mean, her, her biggest fear was just dropped on the ground and stomped on with both feet. I mean, it was just boom, over. Um, Danielle, as an introvert and someone who does not like to step outside my comfort zone, I was very nervous about going. But I'm so glad I went on this trip. God provided everything I needed to cope with my fears. Maybe I should read. God provided everything I needed to cope with my fears. And I had opportunities that I never would have had had I not gone. I'm now very thankful for all the things I have and sometimes take for granted after seeing how some of the Peruvians have to live. 
It definitely opened my eyes and showed me a passion I never knew I had before. So, you know, those kind of stories uh, are just, are, they're, they're fragrant aroma to Christ. This is what Jesus did. So I think we're going to go to Dale, and maybe he'll bring Lisa. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and, then, and then Penny, and we'll come to you. Where's Penny? So, uh, my name's Dale. I, uh, <clears throat> I'm a first-time Peru mission trip <laughs> person. Um, first, so, uh, first year crossway. First, year crossway. second year crossway. So, um, I, I wasn't going to talk about this, but Bill, Bill opened the opened the door. Um, so, I just want to talk about how how God is is great and, and blesses us, and uh, and and this this sort of goes along those lines. But um, Keith Parker um, uh, in in Crosswave, I've I've come to know Keith very well and, and we were we were actually um, at a at a at a staff meeting for Crosswave um, and we were talking about how many girls and ladies were going and how we needed more guys. And so so uh, you know we were kind of throwing names out and Keith Parker came up and uh, and and the fact that, that Keith was was only partially funded for a for a mission trip uh, was what came up and, and so that kind of started some 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 wheels moving up inside this funny looking thing on top of my head um, and so um, I have a I have a really good friend that I've worked with and and uh, I don't work with him anymore but we stayed in touch his name's Eric Davis and and he's um, he's he's not yet a Christian but he really wants to be he just doesn't know it yet um, and so so he's uh, we, we were on the phone and I was telling him about our mission trip upcoming mission trip and, and he um he told me, he's like, Dale, you know, if you need anything, just let me know. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, no problem. Thanks, man. Um, he's like, no, you, I'm, I'm serious. If you need anything, let me know. He told me this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, thanks, whatever. Um, you're not listening to me. It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when, 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 uh, when Jesus, you know, asked his disciple, do you love me? You know, it's three times. And, I, and so I'm like, all right, I got you. Um, and so we, we, we hung that, that, that converse, that, that phone call that we hung up and, and then it was a couple of weeks later, we were actually having the, the staff meeting and, uh, and we we're in a prayer circle. Um, we're just, we're just praying over, over Crosswave and the mission trip and, and, uh, and, and some, I, I wasn't with that prayer circle, um, at, at that time. God was, God was really, really, he was pressing, pressing in on me and he was telling me, he's like, Dale, you need to. You need to, to to do your best to see what we can do to get Keith there, and so um, so he said, I think you need to call Eric, and and I couldn't wait to get out of that meeting after that. I mean, I was I was like, I gotta go, I, I gotta make a phone call, and so on the on the on the drive back, um, I, I called Eric and I said, Hey Eric, how you doing? It's like ten o'clock at night. We it was a it's a not extra long, but it was a long meeting. So uh, it, was, it was almost ten o'clock at night, and I'm like, Hey, are you sleep? He's like, No, no, it's, it's just kind of getting ready to bed and I said you you remember you asked me um if 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 I need anything just just ask I'm like I said I said well I'm just I'm not gonna mess around right now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there I need a thousand bucks and he's like and and there was no pause he's like done I'll meet you Wednesday and and so that was that was God blessing me blessing Eric, blessing all of us um, in in favor of 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 Keith Parker, and so so that that letter that 
that was read by Keith Parker. It was just, you know, it's the afterglow you know, of, of everything. So um, it's it's really uh, I still I still have a have a have a mission. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's something I, I really strongly is it, you know God's put on my heart. I'm, uh, Eric is is gonna he's gonna meet the Lord. You know, and uh, I, I had the opportunity. Uh, Zach Telford. Uh, and and Keith Parker, we both went and met Eric uh, after we got back. We went to Alpaca, a uh, Peruvian restaurant on Capitol Boulevard, and we had an opportunity to share. And, uh, and it's really good. And that's that's the first meeting. And there's there's going to be more. So so uh, you know there there was a whole lot of lives changed in Peru, but there's a whole lot more lives that are changed everywhere, locally, you know, globally, everything. So that's that's my story. I'm sticking to it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Penny, and um, I am just so thankful to have had the opportunity to go to Peru. Um, good friends with Lisa, and uh, when she shared with me that she was going, I was like, well, I want to go. And um, so I'm just so glad that I was able to go. And um, um, as, uh, as I was preparing to go, I um, had a, a vision of... Um, just a really dry place, and um, it was almost like a, um, almost like a grave. It was just like a cut out, really dry place um, with uh, roots growing out through the sides of these walls of this really dry place that were just cut off. And I just pu- was puzzled by this this vision that I had. I, I just could not get an understanding of of what that meant. And anyway, all through the trip, that just stayed with me. That that visual that I had. Um, um, and anyway, did did not have any idea what that meant. But um, uh, with every every um, ministry site we went to, and, and every child I was able to hug, and every every lady I was able to pray for, and just seeing these uh, people just open up to the gospel, something was happening in me, and I just was breaking for these people. I just love the Peruvian people. Um, and uh, anyway, it wasn't till the very end of the trip when when we were doing our. Um, kind of our debrief session and um, I just realized what God had done in me and that I was that dry place and God had just poured in and poured in and poured in and he just and every time we shared the gospel that message of the gospel just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper in me and just the reality of what God had done for me and it just uh, created such a thankfulness in my heart that Jesus did that for me I wasn't just sharing that with the people there but he did that for me that was personal he did that for me and it just started to grow and that that empty place was just getting full and full and full and I just came back with such gratitude and such thankfulness for for what God did and for me you know and that I was able to share that with others and um, just the message of the gospel became even more real to me and now that I'm back home, um, I feel like he's just opened my eyes just to see people, just to really see people, you know. Um, I don't know what, you know, we get caught up in our lives and we get about our daily business and walking through Walmart with just kind of tunnel vision. I got to get my whatever I got to get, you know. And um, now I'm like, I'm, I'm looking, I'm seeing people, I'm, I'm seeing people in a whole different way and, and just trying to see what kind of needs are around me? And, and Lisa had shared, you know, we went to Walmart. We were, we were able, I was able to see people in a different way, and we were able to pray for people. And that's really what it's all about, is, is understanding the gospel and, and sharing with those in need. And I'm just so thankful to be able to have gone on this trip, and I'm looking forward to going again. <laughs>
Let's see, we're making good progress here. Jonathan, you ready? And then Carla? Good morning. Uh, um, there's a lot to share. And this is a moment when you say a phrase that we all know that uh, you cannot really uh, express in, in words what you have experienced. So this is one of those moments but um, Zach said something that is 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 right. Uh, and for me, coming to the United States, I had to struggle with the opposite. <coughs> and I never thought that I th- I always thought that I was uh, someone that goes everywhere and don't have a don't have to struggle with uh, as other people do. Uh, but I realized that I I do. And in the United States, is is um, is very different. Uh, you don't you don't tell people what to do. You don't tell people what, how to, how they supposed to think or what they supposed to believe in. Uh, and it seems like uh, our hearts in the United States for Americans is is getting close to many things. And one day, as you see, reality is that they they they're closing their hearts to to God. And when you close the heart to the, the hearts to to God, then Anything can happen. So, um, so I struggle with that. It's a challenge for me as a, as a Peruvian coming to another culture <coughs> and see that reality is, is a struggle for me. When in Peru, is we it seems like there's no walls. We we don't build walls like. Uh, but but that's that's just sin. I don't think that's just something that Americans or Peruvian. I mean that's that's called sin, and that was sin does in Peruvian and in also in Americans. So. But uh, I was I, would, I told Bill that going to Ica it was really it was really a Nazca. It was really a blessing to me, and I was uh, I was really excited to see all these people so so open to the gospel, so open. You you didn't stand up here in a corner and on the streets and and proclaim Jesus and, and people. I I don't think even people would would gather around you and listen to you and be willing to 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 listen to you to see, to to see what you have to say in Peru is the opposite they come to you because you are American too but but they are open to the gospel this seems like guys already working and then so in in Aska was like that even more than in Lima I've never seen that before people so open so receptive and I told me I, I want to come this I want to come I want to come this place next year if I can I would like to People is so receptive, and God was just telling. What well, God was just showing me now that uh, for some reason we stopped going, or I don't know. Uh, I, I just don't want to see Peru closing their hearts as some people do, uh, or some societies in the world are like closing their hearts to to hear anything about God. Uh, I don't want to regret years later when Peru or when that society comes to a time when they. They don't want to hear us anymore. Even if you go to Peru, even in Crossroads to Peru, and then say, and then I like, think, wow, that didn't, didn't, that didn't used to be like that before, and 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 I regret because I I didn't go or for, for some other reason. So, but I was I was just gonna say that uh, thank you for all the people that went to Peru, 
uh, I understand he's a big he's a, he's a big shot for, for some of them but uh, God does God does amazing things and one of the things that I, w- I will remember is that in the accident uh, Bill I like what you said we can have to acknowledge that that uh, we think that we're doing a uh, some drones on the ground, but God sees <laughs> sees it from the high, and he, and he knows what what he's doing. And uh, sometimes we feel like we're, we're we're doing like something like that. We cannot really understand the situations that we go through, but God knows it. And uh, this guy Victor uh, was one of the Peruvians that was with us in in, in when we went to Nazca. We're going back to Lima. We saw the accident. It was terrible. There were people, few people dead, but in that we we saw the accident. We get out. We got, got out of the bus. We went to help to just to see how people were doing. And this guy Victor uh, Blanca was of the late one, one of the Peruvian ladies that was not letting Victor to get off the bus. But he said, "I want to get off the bus because there are people dying." And he got out of the bus with uh, with. Uh, Rest of Peruvians, and he went to 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 take this guy who was in the in, in the other car in the other, in one of the cars that was uh, crushed, and this guy was dying, and he died. But before he died, Victor led him to Christ. He crossed we wouldn't have been there. Victor wouldn't have been there too. I mean, just think about that. How all those things got work out. To be at the right moment, at the right place, the right person that God chose to lead that person to Christ, even even if he was a one, true, uh, truly saved, in all the crossroads trip, there's a there's a big feast in heaven, so even for even for one. So uh, that's that's all I I want to share. Thank you. Thank y'all. Um, thank you, Jonathan, for sharing, and everybody else. Um, I'm Carla. This is my eighth trip to Peru, and uh, I had this is the first time I've been without any family members, so it was a little bit different for me this year. Um, but it, it's always a great privilege to go and serve with um, these people. <laughs> They're some of my dearest friends. And room with Mary, who made my bed up at four in the morning because she said, "Is it time to get up now?" <laughs> I thought you were ready to get up. <laughs> Anyway, I want to tell y'all about a specific place that uh, that we went to. Um, it's a place right here uh, called uh, Santa Rosa. Um, if you were if you heard the testimonies last year, you might remember that we shared about this place. Um, we went, and the the little boys were it, it just had such a spirit of violence and um, and hatred and. Um, it was unbelievable. These little boys were taking rocks and, and throwing them. Little four or five-year-old boys um, throwing them like only a yard away or, you know, a couple. It was just, you know, and they were fighting. We had to pull them apart. And there was this um, this court that they built in many neighborhoods to play soccer on in the central part of the neighborhood. But this particular one had a drop about 10 feet down. And there was a net that would uh, was there for protection, but it had holes in it. And these kids were trying to push each other, 
through that. I mean, it was like we were, we left there thinking, how are these kids going to make it? You know, to 16 years old, it was just devastating for us. Um, and uh, so we began, and we left there just really dismayed a couple of years ago um, from that. And um, one of our dear, dear friends, Blanca, um, who is, uh, who lives with Heather, some of you know Heather, who is our missionary from America um, that lives there in Peru and does a lot of our footwork. But Blanca um, decided she was going to invest in that area, or maybe she had been some, but uh, it's an hour away for her, so it's not easy. But Blanca leads a Bible study in her home, and she reaches out to abused women. And um, so she began to go there when she could, and these women in the Bible study also began to go and invest in this community. And um, so we went back there this year. And this place, is it's on the outskirts of Lima, and it's way up high, and there's a view um, that you can see for, uh, this is looking up. But you Blanca can, on the far right. Yes, this is Blanca. Um, and uh, if you look in the other direction, you, you can see just as far as you can, the sea of poverty. But um, so when we went there this year, it was, it was so cool because um, there was also a missionary who had been investing there from Arkansas and another lady was with her. And it was just a, a huge transformation in this village because you could, that we didn't see that fighting that we had seen, you know, in two years ago. And um, I had a little girl I was playing with, and she had something in her eye, and I didn't know what she was saying, so I took her over to Blanca, and um, and Blanca was talking to two or three ladies, and uh, Blanca's like, just a minute, you know, <laughs> and Blanca's an evangelist. And um, she had been investing in these ladies for a year or more, and uh, she said, that they're, they're making decisions right now. They had just seen the gospel message and the drama that we had performed, and we, she, they'd heard testimonies, and they'd heard um, uh, the casting of the net, we call it, which is like the altar call, and they were making decisions. And uh, so it was like, it was just enough that day to, to give them enough hunger to make that decision. And, um, and then the coolest thing happened that um, some of the other ladies were bringing more to Blanca and more. And Mary said, this is like fish jumping in the boat. <laughs> and I mean, all these ladies, these moms of these kids who live here are making decisions. And the fathers are really not part of the kids' lives except maybe to come home and be abusive for a little while. But the mothers have to go work so the kids here are largely left on their own. And uh, you will see, it's not uncommon to see a seven-year-old girl take care of a baby brother or sister. Um, there may be one woman that's left behind that, that looks after the, all of the kids. But they are largely left to fend for themselves. And so that's how it had been. And, um, but we saw this big change. Um, and so all these ladies, not only did they decide to uh, make the decision to follow Jesus that day, but they also um, want to start participating in Blanca's Bible study. 
And so these other ladies will be coming and they'll be fed. And I can't wait to go back and see what else God will do. But um, one other little piece of the puzzle was that um, before I left, you know, we always try to get a prayer support before we go because we know we really need it when we're there. Um, But one of my dear friends, um, I'm sorry, she has two special needs kids. One is a little boy. (laughs) He's autistic. And um, her daughter's been on our team. But um, she doesn't have a lot of money. But she gave me some money to take. And she said, you do whatever you want. I said, okay. So um, I gave that, I gave her money to Blanca. And Blanca just said she committed to pray for my friend. And so I want to read you this email that I got from my friend who gave me this money. Uh, if I can. Uh, Carla, how sweet of you to write so soon after you got home. It brought tears to my eyes to think someone who lives so far away is praying for me and my family. It was so nice to get all the updates and see what the team was doing every day. As I prayed, I knew God was at work through you all, changing lives one person at a time. Blanca is an example of just how one person's fortitude can change a village. I will be praying for Blanca as well. For the future, uh, is there any way for me to donate to the work being done in this village? I feel like um, the little boys, little boys have it tough in this world because they are being trained to be killers and fighters, like in the Middle East, and modeling hatred, like in this village. It has been on my heart for a while how children are being raised up without a childhood but being indoctrinated to hate, trained to kill, and give their lives for a worthless God. If there's any way I can continue to donate to the work that Blanca is doing, or anyone else in Peru, please let me know. Thank you for the work Crosswave continually does in the ministry of Peru. I just love how God connects people. You know, he connected her um, here, even though she didn't go with this little place. Just really neat. We serve an amazing God. Either of you two ladies want to share something? <laughs> Y'all come together. Y'all come together. <laughs> Second year that I'm going there, that I rarely 
wanted to go. I, I, I was born in Peru. And when I got the salvation, I, I wanted for my people also to know him. But that was just something that I wanted. But others, perhaps. God has changed my life. He has been so patient and merciful. So last year was my first year. I said, oh, Lord, I really want to go. But he put that desire in my heart. So this year was the second year. <coughs> and it has been, for me, the best. I has I wanted to share the people about what God has given has has done in my life. And he helped me to um to know more about him. A little bit more about his and my his faithfulness. So as I was there <coughs> I was experiencing all those things the, the miracles that was happening every day also I was knowing more about him <coughs> it's like a, I started growing a little bit and I was, I'm more in love with him so um, this is how Years ago, I said, God, I want people to know you. And I thought it was hard for me that God would change me <laughs> because I was, I was, I'm a sinner. So, <coughs> but God is changing me. And, and also, I have seen a lot of change. I have seen very radical change. We went somewhere where uh, there was a lady, her name is Rosa, and she was not happy when she found out that we were Christians. So she's like, go away, get out from here. And she was a little, maybe aggressive also with her words, and I, she taught us how to use the broom <laughs> so that I guess I understand because she had a place where she had to sell her candies, so she didn't want the dust to go there. But she was very, you could see her, like, I don't want you here. But then, it was amazing how God allowed me to see that we ended, and she's running towards us. And she's, she has given her... She wanted no more. And she said, come back. <laughs> come back. Are you coming back the next year? No, and she, she gave us a hug, a Mary. It's like, wow, this is just God can do those things. No. And also when we were in, I think, in Ica or Nazca, no, Nazca, I don't know. There was a lady who worked in the school, a preschool lady. Uh, no, no, Nazca. Nazca. There was a lady that is, uh, is like a, in charge of the discipline, the kids in the recess, in the school. And she wasn't very, very gentle. It was the opposite. She reminded me about 
um, um, Disney movie that also Blanca told me she is the credible. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh Lord, and we pray for her. But you know what? After we saw how she treated the kids, it was painful to see that. And the kids, there was a little girl that cried so much because something happened and she, it seemed like she was mean to her. I don't know. She cried. And, but you know what happened at the end? She gave her heart to Jesus. <laughs> so, so you see, God didn't have to do all those things, but he... A lot of the every day things marvelous things happen. Kind you could see his kindness, his faithfulness, his patience, his almighty power, changing the governments and laws, you know, or also changing people like me. So um like Jonathan said, you now what I can say is say and like Carol said, thank you so much. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. people that have Come with us, and also for people that didn't come physically with us, but came with their prayers, with their time, spending time here to prepare the team to go there, financially or spiritually, physically, every emotionally, everything is. So I give thanks to God for your life, and thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk to you just a. Um, couple of minutes about the heart. Now you've heard her heart. She wanted to make a difference in the lives of her people. She went a number of years before last year. She went in obedience. But last year she really wanted to go. And sometimes we do things because we love Jesus and he asks us to do them. And and then we step into them and he's changed our heart, Lisa, Penny, all of us. Okay. So she said she wanted to see people know Jesus. And she was, um, there was a lady that gave her heart to Jesus one night her, at, at the conference. Her name was Maria. And uh, Blanca, that you know, you've heard, seen, had led this lady to the Lord, called me over. I mean, my Spanish, it has improved in 14 years, but, um, you know, it is very lacking. And but, but Blanca included me in the process of being able to pray for this lady who had just asked Jesus to come live in her heart. So I was invested in this lady, Maria. But sometimes you invest in people and you may see them again or you may never see them again on this earth. So the next day, Blanca was walking through town, ended up going in the store where, guess who worked? Maria. And Maria says to her, now that Jesus, the day after, okay, day after, now that Jesus is living in my heart, I want all the people that I know at my work to hear about Jesus. Well, she worked at the fire station. And I, I okay, we, we've, I personally had never seen a fire station in Peru. We know they exist. I'd never seen one. We walked by this fire station every night to get to the conference. So it's like, oh, there's a fire station. We didn't know Maria works in the fire station as well as she volunteers full-time 
and works in the restaurant to be able to pay her bills. So, Blanca is conveying this story to Julia. Julia, as we're walking by the fire station, is conveying the story to me. Maria wants people to come to the fire station and share Jesus with all the people at the fire station. Oh, really? How many? So, well, there's probably 20 to 50, she said. Mm-hmm. All right. So we get there. We're doing drama at the conference. So I go to Bill and I say, Bill, uh, they want us to come to the fire station. And, and maybe we could do a drama. He said, okay, let's do the two dramas. And then you take the drama people down to the fire station. And the rest of us will stay at the conference. So that night, it was a divide and conquer more than we even realized. So the drama's finished. We are walking down the street with the dogs and the, you know, horns and all that. We get to the fire station. Now, you see the fire truck. There was a rescue squad vehicle thing on the other side, another fire truck. They said, if you want us to, we can move the fire truck out. Now... Okay, I'm thinking, Carrie, Raleigh, we couldn't even get access to go in the fire station for the purpose of sharing the gospel, let alone would they move a fire truck out of the building for us to share the gospel. So the, the Lord is so creative, and he knows how to meet people right where they are. And we talked to that, that fire people about, you know, in, in this drama, yeah, I don't know if you can see, but there are, hearts that people are wearing that are broken and when you're broken you're in crisis and sometimes you know it and sometimes you don't like Eric doesn't know it yet but he is in crisis and he's you know Jesus is going to meet him so when you're in crisis and you got a fire going in your house what do you do you call 116 it's not 911 but it's 116 we found out And the people come to respond to help you when you can't help yourself. So Jesus connected with them when people have got broken hearts and are so desperately in need, they can't fix themselves. They can't put the fires out themselves. So they call the firemen. These people call the one who is the all-consuming fire who can fix any kind of heartbroken situation. And so, here's a woman who's got a desire to go back and tell all her people. Here's a woman, Maria, like the woman at the well who encountered Jesus, and she had a desire to go and share Jesus. She wasn't herself ready yet to be able to do that, just like the woman at the well said, Oh, come meet him. Come come hear about the man who told me everything about myself. That was Maria. But really, the Maria was really here because this transformed woman is a link in that transformation process. Now, your heart is in a different circumstance. Who is it that you are going to be that Maria, that woman at the well, that Julia for? It's about our hearts, and that's that's what he's interested in. So let's call 116. Mm -hmm. Jesus. You know, when I see these pictures, I I see a lot of things. This picture, we were at a soccer clinic. Uh, Okay, so eight years ago, we had our first soccer clinic in Peru. And I laughed it off. We're not teaching these Peruvians how to play soccer. That's that's ridiculous. But the church has grabbed hold of that idea. 
And now they put, they not only do they put on a soccer clinic, they have soccer leagues. They have multiple teams in their league. They have a league that plays in an international soccer thing, and they won it. And they gave me a jersey with, with Crossway written on the back. But they, we, we go there and we share the gospel with them, and we break them up into groups, and we, and we, every, we, we speak to everybody on that, on that field. Uh, these were, this is the response of people that gave their life to Christ at the soccer clinic. Um, this is in one of the one of my prayers for NASCA. I kept looking at my, my phone app about the weather, and it was 95 degrees, like 10 days in a row. You know, and I thought, Lord, you just you, we can't do this drama in 95. The sun is just so blazing. Like this. So my prayer is, Lord, you either got you got to get the temperature down. Well, when we got to the schools, guess what? They all had covers over the top of the. And it was it was very it was very pleasant. Um, but we shared in the classrooms. Uh, da, da, da. Well, this is this is out on the streets again, uh, probably Santa Rosa. This is in this is the cla- uh, school sharing the gospel there. This is Santa Rosa. This is at the orphanage. We were praying for the orphanage. This is at Jonathan's mother's um, ministry site. She's been a Christian for three years. Jonathan's mother. Now she ministers to two hundred children. Up in uh, Pamplona Alta, she goes up there. It's a, it's probably thirty minutes from where she lives. She and, and another man minister up there. And when we came up, there was a few kids out there. And she says, "Well, let me go get the kids." And so she walks a couple blocks down the hill and come. And they come coming up the hill carrying chairs and just excited. And they, we had, we had. It was a, a fabulous time with them. Um, Mary told you about the fire station. This was the new sign going from the church. So they. They rented a church space. They had, we bought them, Mary bought them 25 chairs. So they now have 25 chairs in their church. They put up a sign. They point, a pastor from, a, a man who came to preach from Ica has decided to move to Nazca. He and his wife, they left their family business and their family in Ica. They're moving to Nazca. We handed him 200 pieces of paper with people's names on it who said they had responded to Christ. He has a church of 10 and he has 200 people that he's going to go establish a contact with. And he has a church that can hold 25 chairs. (laughs) Just do do the math with me here. I mean, think about God's God doing. Um, This was, um, okay, so this was a late night prayer rally out at the the plaza, which we were not allowed to do the, the drama at. Because it had never been done before. They don't allow churches to do it because they don't want to get involved in having to select which church can and which church can't. It's a good story, but it takes a lot of talent. Um, uh, this is Lisa having fun. Uh, this is... Um, is that Pamplona Alpha? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is all the kids that Veronica, Jonathan's mother, works with. Okay. Um, Kitchen ladies who cook for us, and the food is wonderful. This is the this is the new orphanage, and uh, there's a half a dozen kids that, that were there. Wrestle were in school. Um, it, this was a sober moment for a lot of people. A very sobering moment. Um, the ladies in Roxborough had made 37 of these dolls, and we gave them, I guess, 18 of them or so there, and it was it was a marvelous thing. But I guess what I'm really hanging in on is um, 
things like you know being in the schools. I mean, those kids are reading the gospel in Spanish in their classroom with the teachers and the principal's approval. Because when we were praying with the principal, you, you saw it in the video. Uh, he said he gave us. He said you can go to all the classrooms. That's a public school. Um, this is the other kids in the school. This is Jonathan at a school. These are the ones who came forward for a clear presentation of the gospel. Not part of the two hundred. Oh no, no, this is a, yeah, this is at a different. We were probably those, at that school. There were a thousand kids. It, they used the same building. They have a morning shift for the uh, younger kids and an afternoon shift for the older kids. So you, every classroom gets used for two different schools. And the principal was the principal for both schools, so he got there early and stayed late. But we were able to meet, go into every classroom of both sets of schools. Um, they did birthdays big. <laughs> None of these little wimpy little candles with a little half-inch flame. I mean, they, they, they power. But uh, uh, where I'm driving at is over here. I, I just can't let you leave without this. Um, The, the biggest change I saw was um, the, the heart of the church and of the young people to be sent. They want to be sent. They want to go. Um, this was the guy, Victor. He's, he's really a, a, a jokester. He likes to make fun. He, he's, he's, he's a hoot. He's always laughing. This was the guy that told Blanca he had to get out of the bus and go pray for this dying man and lead him to Christ. He's actually trying to climb out the window. Yeah, we wouldn't let him cry out the window. Clever uh, is a is a young associate pastor who's actually being groomed to be the pastor because Pastor Roberto's got um, some health issues and his wife has some health issues and they've kind of given the church to Clever. He's the guy that first caught the vision of the soccer tournament eight years ago. I mean, we, we've been walking with this guy for a long time. Jose, a uh, solid young man. All these girls, uh, Paul, en- engineering major, he's going to help design the orphanage to have um, services and buildings where they can really provide services for them. So he's a civil engineer. Uh, he lives four hours away in Lima. And he's, he, he met with Isabel and says, what, what are your dreams? What are your hopes for this? Let's see if we can raise some money. Let's see if we can design something that will work here. Isabel, by the way, there is a church that's supporting Isabel, and it's a Jewish synagogue <laughs> in Ica. No, no, not Messianic. No, it's Jewish. I was saying, God, you got it all. We all report to you. Um... These, these four ladies, if you don't know the gospel, hang around them. Because you will hear, and they're, they're just so much so just energy and personality. And, I mean, we would go out to a plaza, and if there were 200 people in the plaza, before we leave, everybody in the plaza would hear the gospel. Um, this guy, Joshua. I'm going to read you something that he wrote. Of course, this is Google Translate, right? So it's not the best. Um, Joshua. If there are words for him, I don't have them. My mind does not reach the point 
where it could form a thought that could adequately describe the greatness of my God. And my lungs have not yet developed the ability to release a breath with enough agility to exalt the greatness of his love. And my voice, my voice is so inhibited, restrained by human limits, that it's even hard to sing the praise. If there are words for him, I don't have them. That's just the first 10%. My God, this grace is amazing. Your mercies are countless. Your strength is impenetrable. You're unscrutable, but but knowable. You're undefinable, but accessible. You're indescribable, but personal. You are beyond my imagination. You're constant through the generations, king of all nations. But if there are words for him, I don't have them. And he goes on and goes on. What I saw was a heart of young people. And I'm looking at some. Yeah. A heart of... And, and Joshua's mom passed away four or three years ago. He, he was just traveling with God three four years ago. Do y'all hear this? Joshua's mother died three or four years ago, and Joshua was struggling with God. Those, those, all those people in even more went to look for him because he stopped going to church. Uh-huh. So it was just so much. So you imagine now the deep okay. relationship he has. Okay, so what Jonathan is saying is that his mother died three or four years ago, so he, he walked away from the church. The rest of them would not let him, and they went and grawled him. And now this is his testimony. I mean, he posted it on Facebook, that's where I got it. But what I saw was a hunger. I mean, I had young people coming to me and said, would you pray for me because I feel like God's calling me to go. Now, when a Peruvian goes on mission internationally, they don't, they don't pick the easiest places. They don't pick the easy places, the comfortable places. And we learned that missions is never, is never cheap, it's never convenient, it's never comfortable. It's never any of those things. Um, we were reminded that in Acts 1.8 um, Jesus says you know you'll be my witnesses you'll be clothed with power you'll be my witnesses and you'll go forth with this power of the Holy Spirit and, and then in Acts 8.1 because I'm real number freak it's the flip numbers see what happens in Acts 8.1 he says persecution rose against the church because they were stuck in Jerusalem and persecution came and drove them out so one eight says you can go in the power of the Spirit with joy and with freedom in your life. And Acts eight one says, well, if you don't do that first one, you can be always be driven out by persecution. Now, do you think, church, we are getting close to a time of the church being persecuted, even in the United States? So the second scripture I wanted to share with you. And this is just real brief. In 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. And I, gee, I wonder why God put this in the Bible. I mean, really. Really. Why would God write these words and put them in Scripture that we should hold in our heart? It says, uh, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul goes on to say, When I am weak, then I am strong. Many times, Jonathan would tell me, Lord, God uses weak people to do great things. He uses weak people to do great things. And this verse, because God gets all the glory, right? When, when weak people who are unable to do things do great things, well, how did that happen? God made it happen. God gets the glory. And church, I, I, I want us to pray.
We've heard enough about Peru. It's now time to think about what God wants to do in our hearts. He's not finished with us. I heard somebody tell me, he says, I don't know what to do with myself now that I'm off the mission field. And I said, well, don't ever leave the mission field. That's easy. Just stay on the mission field. Then you'll know what to do with yourself. You'll just surrender to Christ because it'll be more than you can bear without Him. Why would God say, my power is made perfect in weakness? Why would Paul say, when I am weak, then I am strong? Is there some magic in there? Is that magic? Is that like an incantation that you would say and spur up something of your own power? He's saying when we realize that what we are, our limitations are, then that frees up God to be God in the midst of that situation. And we saw it over and over and over again. Y'all pray with me, and then we're going to sing one song. Um, if you'd like to ask questions, um, maybe we can, after the service we can do that. Let's pray together. You ask God what you've heard today. Have you been encouraged? You've seen tears. You've heard laughter. You've uh, heard stories about young people and older people. Changed hearts. People are agreeing to come to a Bible study. People giving their hearts to Christ. Young students. Children. Their teachers. People on the plaza. Government leaders and officials. Bus drivers. Cab drivers. Restaurant workers, normal, everyday people serving a great God. But I pray that you do mighty things within us today. And I pray, Lord, that the the work that you started 2,000 years ago when the Holy Spirit said to Saul, Paul, and Barnabas, Set apart these men for the work that I've called them to. Well, let us all enter into that commission. Lord, you've called us all into that work. Lord, the Jews never, by design, were missionary people. Lord, they were closed. They did not eat what other people ate. They didn't go to their places. They didn't go to their homes. They didn't go to their churches. Lord, they, they kept their own laws, their own rules. Lord, it was a foreign idea to go to make disciples. But Lord, that's what the Holy Spirit set into motion that night. And Lord, we are continuing that story today. Lord, I pray that you would, when we are weak, that you would be strong. When we are weak, may you be strong. Lord, all the different prayer requests that we've heard in the midst of the testimonies, Lord, we ask that you be strong in the midst of this weakness. And we just thank you for this young man, Joshua. Lord, that you would not let him escape you. Lord, for all the other millions of Joshua's out there, and Isabel's, and Veronica's, and Blanca's, and our, Lord, we ask your presence. Rebecca.
At Gateway, we don't take an offering. We have a we don't do that. But you saw faces of people who want to go, and um, and they don't have money. So we're not going to take an offering. But if God has put it in your heart to be part of any of this, we don't want to limit God. So if He has, then then just let Bill or myself know. Um, The fields are white to harvest in Raleigh, Jerusalem, Judea, Durham County, Samaria, (laughs) a lot of places, and all over the world. So go in His grace and His peace. But before you do, our church is so glad that you are here today. Please continue to pray for our dear brother, elder, pastor, Greg Edgerton and his family. And also, please join us in, um, we have some people in our church that are, that are very special, that are celebrating occasions this week that are precious. And that would be Lisa Durham tomorrow, who's celebrating a birthday. We're so grateful for you, Lisa. I personally am so grateful for you, that you were born and that you were born again <laughs> and that you live. And um, also Wayne and Jill Bueller are celebrating their anniversary on Thursday. And Wayne and Jill, I'm especially grateful for you all too. The life that you live, the light that you radiate, it really is. These people are glorious. So as we have a closing prayer, if y'all put your hands on Lisa and I don't know, where's Wayne? Okay, get him. Okay, and Jill. I want to thank also everybody that came, the crew team that came and shared, and, and some that even weren't on the crew team but came to support us. Um, I'm looking at you, Christina. Yeah. Uh, you're in your family. Um, Sandy's back. Sandy's good to see you. Yeah. Sam's back. Sam, good to see you, my friend. Yeah. And and brother, I don't know that I know your name. Do I know you? No, no. Okay. Well, thanks for bringing him, Bill. Yeah, he was yeah. praying for us while we were. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Every prayer. Yeah. Preston, will you Lord. will you come pray and and dismiss and pray a blessing over our? Okay, so y'all reach out and touch Lisa. I don't see, but Kupla and Wayne and Jill. Yeah. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Lord, to take the healing to the nations. And Lord, you're so gracious. You bring the nations to us. We thank you for that. Lord, we ask your blessings, particularly on those who have special occasions this week, Wayne and Jill and Lisa. We thank you for putting gems in our midst. And we pray that you would bless them, Lord, that their lives would be fruitful, Lord, that they would make their way home to you every day. We thank you, Father, for this time together. We pray, Father, that you would lead us on with joy, with confidence, Lord, and with an authority to speak the truth in love. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give somebody a hug and send Carol Dyer an email tomorrow. It's her birthday as well. <laughs> Thank you.
Yeah, we're going to sell it. We're going to sell it.